Hello, congregation of First Baptist Church of China Grove. This is the glorious 2020 Easter. We are excited. We are looking forward to celebrating in the Word this morning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is resurrection morning. Actually, every Sunday is the Lord's Day, and we really, in fact, celebrate his resurrection every time we meet. Well, we may be meeting here physically or by uh, broadcast. However you're hearing this message, I just want to uh, reach out to you and say, Lord bless you. If you're at home and not able to attend uh, or we're not able to meet, I pray that you will go out with your family, maybe into the backyard or somewhere by a pond or whatever and have a Scripture, read a couple of scriptures about the resurrection, pray, pray for your church, pray for each other, and have sing a song uh, about Jesus. And just have your own little celebration and worship uh, on this glorious Easter morning. My favorite day of the year, Easter morning, the day we really get in gear and celebrate the resurrection. One of the greatest events in the history of the world. And so here we are this morning, and let's begin with a word of prayer as we get started. Lord, bless us through this service this morning, through this message. We give thanks to the Lord Jesus, for He is Lord of all and Lord of this world and Lord of our lives. And He is Jesus the Christ, the anointed one who paid for sin, who gave life eternal to all who believe. And Lord, we just ask your blessing this morning. We're excited and we just give you thanks. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at Mark chapter 16. We're going to read the story of the resurrection from the standpoint of two ladies. And let's look at that this morning in Mark 16 beginning in verses 1 through 6. And when the Sabbath was passed... Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. That's the body of Jesus. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, that's Sunday, they came to the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? They knew there was a, a, a big stone that had been placed there by uh, a legion of, not a legion, but a contingency of Roman soldiers above the tomb. And I'll talk more about that later. And they wondered how they would actually get to the body of Jesus. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away. And it was very great. It was a very large stone. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in white, a white garment. And they were frightened. They were afraid. They were worried significantly. But the, the man here we know from other scripture is an angel. And he says unto them, Be not afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. Amen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way and tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. 
There you shall see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed, neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. They were all emotional. Here is this journey of two women, and we're going to kind of ourselves take that journey with them back to the tomb this morning, back to looking for the body of Christ. And they were actually not going, understand, to see a resurrected Christ, but rather to anoint the body with spices. And their major concern was who would open the tomb for them so they could do this. They fully expected to see Jesus wrapped in the ceremonial clothes he was wrapped in that was customary for the day. And although it was a journey for Jesus' sake, I'm sure there was a great element of sadness in both their hearts that day. But boy, did their emotions change. As we journey with them this morning, let's imagine that it was us going there on that journey and finding the stone removed and Jesus gone, and the angel pronouncing, he is risen. So first of all, they got a real Easter surprise, did they not? They certainly did. Imagine their shock. They're concerned about the stone, but the stone was moved. Now the soldiers who were there, who were left there to guard the tomb, they had discovered this and already fled in fear. We know from other scripture, again, the angel here is, there is an angel here, and he tells them he is risen. In spite of Jesus telling his followers he would rise from the dead, they somehow had either not believed him or misunderstood him. He told them, as in Matthew twelve forty, as Jonah was three days in the belly of the fish, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. We at least for now do not understand why they misunderstood uh, his foretelling of their death. Maybe they just didn't want to accept it. Whatever the reasons, they totally misunderstood this part. In spite of the number of times he said, I will go to Jerusalem, I'll be crucified, but rise again the third day, they just did not catch it, believe it, or something. We don't know. But here their consternation, and that's the only thing you can characterize it as, when they saw the tomb empty. They came probably with their hearts low, their, their feelings low, and yet suddenly there's a change. I call it a joyful surprise. What a joyful surprise that sadness would be replaced by a great joy. Imagine what they expected and imagine what they saw. It says here they were afraid, but I'm sure the mourning was eventually replaced with joy. And look at the others, verse 9. Now when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And so Jesus says he appeared to those women. And she went and told them that... Uh, that told them that had been with him that they mourned and wept. And they, when they heard that he was alive and that he had been seen of her, believed not. They still did not believe. And so we know that her mourning was 
replaced with a, an excitement, a joy, as we are joyful in the fact we know, we know, we know that Jesus rose from the dead. We, when we believe that God takes the sadness, hurt, bitterness, and turns it into joy of, because of the risen Savior is in our heart now. The very idea, the doctrine of the resurrection of Christ is something of joy and comfort to every believer. How do we know we have eternal life? How do we know that we can conquer the grave? How do we know these things? Because Jesus did them ahead of us. He was our forerunner. He showed us death could not hold him. The Bible says it was not possible that he could be held of death. Why? Because he's God and God is eternal life. And being eternal life, he cannot be held of death. It was not possible that Jesus could have been overcome by death. Rather than be overcome by death, he overcame death. So he overcame the grave. He overcame death. He overcame sin. And the joy that we've received was because of his resurrection. And he lives in our heart today. It's cause for great celebration. And this is the day we set apart. The church celebrates the resurrection of Christ. And that's what we've come to do today, to celebrate his resurrection. And always be uplifted for when it comes to the church, when it comes to the church service, we're not here for a funeral, but a resurrection. Amen. Amen. Now, they found the empty tomb, and may I say this, that no other religion in the world can say, our Savior, our leader is not buried, he, he is not dead, but he is alive, and we have an empty tomb. They have a place where they claim Buddha is buried, they have a place where they claim Muhammad is buried. But folks, there is no place where Jesus the Christ is buried. The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Now they had a little crisis of belief. Verse 11, they heard, but they didn't. It says they believed not. But then after, verse 12, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the residue, neither believed they them. <laughs> Afterwards, he appeared to the eleven, as they said at meat, and upbraided them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Could they believe it? Has Jesus risen? Many people have that same question today. Has Jesus risen from the dead? And let me tell you, absolutely. There is no question. The proofs are there. Let's start with historical evidence. All the historical evidence, there is none from the first century that refutes his resurrection. As a matter of fact, there is a history. The, what is considered the most accurate history written at that time was a man by the name of Flavius Josephus. And he makes a statement. About that time, there was a man, if it be lawful to call him a man, a doer of great deeds, a teacher of truth. He was the Messiah. And Pilate, having condemned him to death through the cross, he appeared the third day alive. 
There you have the statement, the best historically accurate statement of that time. Says, Jesus rose from the dead. There's physical evidence. There's the empty tomb. The rock that no man can move. Let's talk just about the stone for a moment. The stone was large, hundreds of pounds. Larger than, much larger than a man. Round. And in order to get the stone to stay in place and to make it easy to get it in place, once they got the stone up there, they would dig a little ditch in front of the tomb. So that when they began to roll it to close it, the thing, it would drop into place. Now understand, now this rock that's hundreds and hundreds of pounds, maybe there have been estimated as much as maybe even a thousand pounds, thousands of pounds, in place, in a hole, it's going to take quite a few men with maybe pulleys, ropes, whatever, to move that stone. That stone's not going to be moved easily. As a matter of fact, it will not move out of there easier than it went in. So we have the proof. The stone was moved. The grave clothes remain. And not one in all of history can say, no one in all of history, just to destroy Christianity, all anyone ever had to do was say, okay, Christianity is through. We have the body of Jesus. It's been 2,000 years. Nobody has yet to even claim that they produced the body of Jesus. You know why? Because he rose from the dead. It's impossible to produce his body. All physical evidence points to him rising from the dead. There is the spiritual evidence. I don't know about you, but I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living no matter what men may say. And I know he's alive. What does the song say? He lives. He lives in my heart. Yes, he does. And when believers listen, we know. We know. We know for sure Jesus is alive. He's alive forevermore. He answers my prayers and a million other things. There is no question of the spiritual evidence of Christ in a person's life. We become a new creature, a new creation in Christ once we believe. Well, friend, if that didn't convince you, there's much more practical evidence. I want to talk just a moment about that. There was a man by the name of Lee Strobel in 1998. He was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune. His wife accepted Christ, and he was an atheist, a graduate of Yale University. So he got with his wife and said, Honey, I'm going to prove to you that this whole thing of Jesus Christ and the Christian faith is simply a farce. He went to researchers, to scientists, to doctors, to the great archaeologists, to the authorities in all the fields. 
in massive research, and this has been put into a book. And he found there was no evidence to prove that Jesus was not risen from the dead. That all the evidence he found, in fact, pointed to the fact he did rise from the dead. Jesus was a real person. He really went to the cross. He really rose from the dead. He found, for example, there were 5,000 ancient manuscripts of the Bible from the first century, all very accurate, all saying the same thing, all saying Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. And there's, listen, we have more proof that Jesus rose from the dead as far as manuscripts than we have that Caesar existed. And yet nobody doubts that. Or any other historical event. Well, at the end of the research, Lee course, had an encounter of faith and with the resurrected Christ himself, and Lee Strobel accepted Christ and became a Christian and wrote a book about it. Well, listen, the evidence of Christ's resurrection. I've seen millions, and I've not seen millions, I've heard that millions and millions of people's lives have been changed. I've seen hundreds, maybe thousands of people whose lives have been changed by believing on Jesus Christ. Now listen, that's truth. That's truth. I've shared with many people the story of my father, a hopeless alcoholic, that got saved on a Sunday, one Sunday, and he became not an alcoholic on Monday. And folks, if that isn't God, I don't know what else it is. If that isn't the power of the resurrected Christ, I don't know what else it is. And I could sit here and give you testimony in my own testimony. When I was young, I was not a believer in Christ. One of your own members used to witness to me when we were teenagers. I was an agnostic. Not an atheist necessarily, but an agnostic. I believe God was simply a, a non-personal power in the universe. Not actually a personal thinking, you know, person. That God was some kind of force. And I had this agnostic view, but I came to Christ as well. Through the witness of that man and others. And folks, I can tell you it changed my life. And the lives of others, and I've seen so many people's lives changed. Again, I could not share with you all the stories. It proves to me, without a doubt, no question. There can be no question that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. He is. Simply, factually, completely, with no question. Pastor, do you question it? Not at all. How much do you believe it? 100%, and if I could go more than 100%, it would be 101 or 110. More, You really can't get more than 100%, but we, we say 110, but it would be 110%. Yes, absolutely true. 
To deny the resurrection would be to deny historical fact. Would be to deny everything. And I cannot and I could not deny Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Now, first Corinthians chapter fifteen, we are assured of this resurrection by the scriptures. And I want us to look at that just for a moment. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, wherein you stand, by which you are saved. Keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins. And amen. That's what he did. He died for our sins so we could go to heaven. According to the scriptures. That he was buried... And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And then it goes on to say he was, that he was seen of Cephas of the twelve. And then 500 brethren at once. You see, when Jesus rose again from the dead, he wasn't seen by just a few people. A crowd of 500 saw him at one time. Hundreds of people. Can you imagine, in the first century... There were thousands of people alive, living at that time, who could tell you, I saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. So in the first century, nobody doubted it. It was never in doubt. It's only when you get a few hundred years down the road that people began to question. People who had not seen. But you couldn't have questioned it then. There was numerous, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of witnesses. Who could say, yes, I saw the resurrected Christ. Amazing. So when we think of this thing of resurrection, he didn't just appear to a few people, but everyone. And then we're not only assured, but verse 15, we share that. Uh, don't you, let me ask this. Don't you want to tell everybody? And back in, uh, excuse me, back in uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Don't you want to share Jesus Christ? Don't, don't you want to share him like the women did? I do. Because Jesus is alive. He's alive, raised from the dead. He paid for our sin and now is our Savior. He's alive. He's alive forevermore and evermore. Jesus is alive. In finality, I just want to read the scripture from 1 Corinthians 15 about our victory in Christ. You see, when Christ rose from the dead, we, rose, we were raised with him. It's as if we rose from the dead as well. We were raised with him. We were saved and raised with him. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 54. So with this corruptible, shall I put on incorruption, this mortal, put on immortality, this will be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, the strength of, of sin is the law, but thanks be to God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, as the church of believers, we stand.
in victory. We're victorious over sin. We're victorious over death. We're victorious over the grave. Why? Because he was. Because Jesus was. And we are in him. And our faith is in him. And we're placed in him, in the body of Christ. We in Christ have victory. We should celebrate it. We should celebrate the resurrection and celebrate the victory. You say, oh, but we're undergoing trials. Think of the early church that was tortured. And they were put to death. And the early church that had to meet in catacombs. And suffered such great persecution. And Peter and Paul. And they were not afraid to die because they knew something better lay ahead. And they gave God glory in their death. Well, today, let us give God praise and thanks and thank Him for the glorious victory we have in Jesus Christ. Pray with me, if you will. Lord, we do give thanks on this wonderful Easter. It is glorious and wonderful. And Lord, we are thankful. We praise you, Jesus Christ, now and through eternity for all that you have done for the cross, for forgiveness, for eternal life, for the resurrection, for victory. And Lord, we claim that victory today through him and ask your blessing. Bless our families today. Bless the families and the church here, First Baptist Church of China Grove. Be with all our people, and we pray and give you thanks again. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you, folks. Good to be with you today.